guys, I'm going to tell you a story. I've never talked about it. It's, I left it in my past. This happened on December 19, 1986, on a Friday. It's when my oldest brother was killed. So let me give you a story. On that day, my oldest cousin came home. He was in the military, been for 15 years. So he came down um, from Tennessee, where he lives at, to Lewisburg, North Carolina, where we, where we lived at. So he said, he came down, he's going to take us all to dinner. My oldest brother, my oldest brother had already left to go to the club because he was a DJ at the club at the time. That's around about 6 o'clock. So he gets there, and we all get dressed, and um, so we leave from Lewisburg. North Carolina and go to Raleigh, which is about 45 minutes away from Lewisburg, to eat dinner. We get, we eat dinner, talk, we laugh, and have a good time. So once we finish up, we are driving back home. So as we're coming back through the heart of town, it was probably about 11.30, the club still was open, but I think he was just leaving early from the club, like 11.30, just to get home. So we see him, so we stop. Hey, you know, that's my brother's name, Robert. Hey, you want to ride? You get right home. You on the way home now? He said, No, nah, I won't. If I knew what I knew then, that he would have been killed that night, I'd get out of that car and I would have walked with him home. I would have helped him up because I knew he had been drinking. And um, so in our family, which I've told you, in my real family, my two uncles were that alcoholic. My grandmother was alcoholic, and he had started becoming an alcoholic himself because I, I noticed the sign of an alcoholic. So. We get home. I say it's around about 11.30 we get home. Um, my fiancé and I stayed at the very end of the road, and my mother stayed up on the left-hand side, which is seven houses up. So between 11.30 and 12 o'clock, I say, I'm guessing at this. We get a phone call. My mom never got the phone call, so they all went straight to the hospital, still just calling me so I could just follow them up. But they get, they get to the hospital, so I get a phone call. My mom say, Rick, uh, something happened to your brother. Uh, you probably need to get to the hospital. So I'm like, what? Tell me what has happened to him. They said, we prefer you just come up to the hospital. So my fiance and I get dressed because uh, we had to get her, uh, her mother to watch our two kids. So we get over there. And, and I'm not lying to you. This is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. As I'm walking down this hallway, this long hallway to get to the visitor's location, it's like I'm walking on a treadmill. I can't get to that visitor's area fast enough. It's like I'm moving in slow motion. I can see the state troopers standing at the door, so I knew my family's inside. So as I get to state troop knowledge, and I turn to my parents and my other siblings, they're in the crime. So I'm like, what's going on? So my mother tells me, well, your brother was ran over by a car, and he was drugged by this car. She said, do you want to see the body? I'm like, I don't, see, I don't want to see that. So at this point, I'm losing my shit. I, I, I'm really off the, I'm off the chain. I'm off of the hinge. So I pull myself together. And I said, my fiance, we left to go home. I'm in so much pain. So that next morning, I, I was working in construction at the time. I talked to my supervisor. Lucky I had to save up some money. And I took two months off. I had to take two months off because I could not communicate with people. Because I was so hurt. He was my oldest brother. He was my everything. He was all I had. He was the only thing I could lean on when I need to lean on somebody. Because he was not perfect. By no means he was perfect. But I loved him. He was my only oldest brother that I had. So I shut down for almost two months. I didn't want to talk to him. I didn't want nobody to bring it down. my brother's name out their mouth. Because the way I know some people felt about him would make me do something. So I didn't want nobody to talk to me about it. I just wanted to do what I need to do, get him buried, and, and, and move on. But I catch myself some days that I, I be thinking about how he was drugged by a car. And I get these damn chills all over my body. And, and I'm telling you, I literally start crying because it scares the shit out of me. Now, to tie this story together, the person that killed my brother that night is a lady who was our neighbor who stayed behind my mother. A lady that the kids are in my community did not care nothing about because the way she drove reckless regardless. She was reckless. We had to jump off the road sometimes. She'd come down the road sometimes. But I'm not putting the blame on her. I'm not, I'm not going to be that type of person. But it's just so ironic that she was the one that actually killed my brother. What would I do? I could relive that time. Get out that car, help him up, and walk right beside him. 
to get him home safely if I could have done that. But who could think that far in advance like that, you know? And, I, and I've said this many times on my podcast. I have no, we have no control over that. We may have no time, no hour or minute when it's going to happen. But to let you know that shit still does, does hunt me, it does. It's like this fucking ghost that hunts me that I can't get rid of him. You understand what I'm saying? It's something you can't shake. You can't get rid of it. It just won't leave you alone. And I get those moments. Like I said, I've never even talked about this ever to anybody at all. And I'm talking to you all now. I'm putting it out there that I still hurt. So I know when December the 19th comes around, my hurt comes back. So when I look at Christmas, I started hurting because I get those feelings. My emotions come out of me. And, and you got to realize I'm still a human being. At the end of the day, I'm still human. I'm still human. I, I try to let go of it, but I can't let go of it because if you actually knew how much this man meant to me he was like i said he was my world when we were poor and my parents weren't home who you think took care of us it was him when we had to get food from out the garbage can he would take me with him leave our other siblings home and i would get in the garbage can to get the food out the hand to him he was like a father figure to me he was my protector as i said before when we were getting bullied in school who stepped up he did he took care of myself and my other siblings so me losing him it's like i lost everything that i ever had so now in life as of now i cherish every moment every hour every minute of the day i cherish him now but i never forget about him because he's always gonna be part of my life always you know and I, and like i said he, he had some bad about him he did he wasn't perfect so so, so am I, i'm not perfect i have a lot of baggage with me but i try to make do with what i have but i i, I want you all to just learn that i i understand that you know we say yeah you got to let stuff go and, and i get it you're correct we do have to let things go but this one's a little tougher pill to swallow this this pill here i can't the water won't push it down i've tried many a time but life goes on life throws us curveballs either you swing at them and hit them or you strike out that's 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 life you can't change it you know because the two things i never forget my father would tell us two things you're guaranteed in life death and taxes anything else beyond that that's a lie those two you're guaranteed in life hey guys thanks for listening to me this is ricky two hands on my heart podcast take care